0: I believe we live in the end times right now. Wickedness increases on the earth and in the apostate churches. And that signals that the wrath of God that is to come upon this earth as judgment from God for the wickedness is not far away. We are on the threshold of the judgment. In the past years, I have been furious over that which I saw in churches. Pastors were adding things to the Bible and speaking to their congregations as if these things were in the Bible. In one non-denominational church that I visited, The pastor said, Sarah and Hagar were half-sisters. Sarah is the wife of Abraham, the story told to us in the book of Genesis, starting at chapter 12. I'd never heard anyone say they were half-sisters. I'd never read in the Bible anything about this. Sarah was a child of God. Hagar." was a maid, a hand servant, and I think she was Egyptian. When I got home, I searched the Bible, and I couldn't find that anywhere in the Bible. So I called the pastor and told him that I was in his church service Sunday morning, and I told him I just couldn't find in the Bible what he said about Sarah and Hagar being half-sisters. He became very quiet for a few seconds. And then he said, I just can't remember where that is in the Bible. And I said, well, it's extremely important to me to know. So would you please look it up and tell your secretary where it is and have her call me and tell me? And he began shouting at me over the phone. And he said, all right, it's not in the Bible. He showed no repentance, no shame at all. I would have been devastated had I done such a thing as this, where I couldn't show it being in the Bible. He showed nothing but anger toward me. What is going on? I wondered, how can he be this way where well, he has no repentance? I was looking for a church to attend at that time, so I went to another non-denominational church. It was a Wednesday night, and pastor was speaking about John chapter 8. And that's the story of the woman taken in adultery and brought before Jesus. And pastor said, and when the woman was brought to Jesus, she was naked from the waist up. I was horrified. I knew that wasn't in the Bible. I've read John 8 many times. I looked around the room. Men were sitting there with extremely big smiles on their faces. I could tell they were picturing this half-naked woman, and they were imagining what she looked like, and lust just filled the room. I was devastated and horrified at what I saw going through the congregation. And another thing that I saw, I mean, I didn't see, I should say, I looked around the room, and not one person had a Bible and was looking this up to see this story and to see if what the pastor said was true. Not one person. They were all just sitting there with big grins on their face, totally filled with lust. I took my Bible and read John 8 immediately, and I did have a Bible with me. The next day I called the pastor and I said, I was in your service last night. When you spoke about John 8 and the woman taken in adultery and brought to Jesus, and you're saying she was naked from the waist up, I can't find that anywhere in the Bible. And I wanted you to tell me where you read that. Dead silence. And then, with great anger, he began yelling at me on the phone, and he said, okay, it's not in the Bible. He also, by the way, had told me he couldn't remember where it was. And then he began yelling at me with great anger, and he said, oh, right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Well, I was looking for a church to go to, but I wasn't going to go to one where the pastor spoke things that weren't in the Bible and spoke them as if they were in the Bible. That's Antichrist, opposite from Christ. I was extremely shocked and devastated. There was no repentance at all in either of these pastors, none. I would have been horrified if I had mistakenly Said something that was in the Bible when it wasn't. I would have been horrified at doing this. I know how careful you have to be with Scripture. And so often I pray for God to guide me as I'm dealing with the Scripture and to correct me and not let me make a mistake and to give me wisdom. I know you have to be careful. When you read the Bible and deal with Bible. Yet I was seeing no repentance, no shame. And I was heartbroken. And I said to God, how can I stand this? What is this I'm seeing? How can I stand it? And God showed me. It is Antichrist and the apostasy that you are seeing in the end-time churches. And it has to happen before Jesus can return. And God took me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 to cause me to understand. Verse 3, Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day of the Lord shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself. That he is God. And God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. And I understood then. It was the apostasy of the last days that I was seeing. NASB even uses the term apostasy in verse 3 and 4 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And God showed me these churches and their followers who cast aside Bible and set up their own doctrines in the churches will be destroyed when Jesus returns. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, start at verse 8 and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming even him whose coming is after the working of satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. it cast aside scripture, and they were going by another doctrine, setting up their own doctrine in their churches. One divorced woman even told us one time, She told us she was a divorced woman and she was hoping to remarry. And when we told her if she did that, it would be adultery according to the Bible. She says, oh, we don't go by the Bible at our church. We have our own doctrine, your own doctrine. There is only one doctrine, and it is the doctrine of the New Testament Bible. The churches have nothing else to go by. Yet many of them have set up their own form of church, both in Catholic and Protestant churches. Sometime read 1 Corinthians 14, because Paul tells us exactly what we're supposed to do when we come together in the church. And it was never supposed to be a one-man show. It was never supposed to be a situation where uh, the people who had messages from God couldn't speak. I have often sat in church services and looked at the railing around the pulpit and the way they keep people from speaking. And I have often thought, if Jesus Christ was in this service today, he would not be permitted to speak to this congregation. So read 1 Corinthians 14 sometime. And because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved, verse 11 says, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. There's a woman named Lily McBride who attended a faith movement type church. And one day I called Lily and I said, I want you to read a scripture aloud to me. Start at 2nd, Thessalonians chapter 2 and read aloud 10 through 12. So she said, okay. So she started reading at verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God. Shall send them strong delusion. God shall send them strong delusion. She was just horrified that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned, who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God will send his wrath upon these apostate churches in the plagues and woes of the great tribulation. But even then they will not repent. Revelation chapter 9 And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils, and idols of gold and silver, and brass and stone, and of wood, which neither can see, nor hear, nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornications, nor of their thefts. Now, after God showed me what was going on in the churches and that it was ordained to happen in the last days, in the end times, Then I lived in peace because I understood what I was seeing. But I never went to those apostate churches again. To be angry over what we are seeing can destroy us. Jesus said it would get so bad at the end that even the elect would be destroyed unless the time were shortened but for the elect's sake, the time would be shortened. That's in Matthew 24. So we must come to understanding of the fact that these sins that we see that are going on in the world and in the churches, they're going to happen in the end times. We don't like the sins. We hate the sins. We just don't go in the paths of the wicked. We don't go to those churches. We don't go out there into those places of the world. We don't watch those television shows where it's so lewd. Now, there are many scriptures in Proverbs which tell us to depart from the evil and don't go near it. And that's what I do. I don't hate homosexuals and lesbians. I don't hate them. But I don't go to barbecues with them. I don't go to dinner with them. I stay away from them. But I do send them scripture. I send them Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 26. For God explains homosexuals and lesbians in Romans chapter 1. If you start at verse 23, you read, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God unto an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural youth into that which is against nature. And likewise also, The men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, the way of God, the word of God, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Once my cleaning lady asked me about homosexuals and lesbians, and I took her to this section of scripture in Romans 1 and read it to her. And she said, yes, but what about those on television who say they were born that way and they've always been homosexual or lesbian? I had no answer for her. But God gave me an answer a few days later. Mark chapter 10. From the beginning, God made them male and female. He turned them over to a reprobate mind to do these vile affections because they would not properly view him. They worshipped the created more than the creator. They worshipped the mountain more than God who created the mountain. And that explains the homosexual lesbian situation from the standpoint of God and the Bible. Even if they not, did not like to retain God, the word of God, in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. You look at that newborn baby in the hospital, you can tell whether it's male or female. Today it's gotten so bad that they don't want to put the word gender down on the birth certificate. They want to leave that off so the child can decide whether he's male or female. All such foolishness as that. Don't you see we are near the end time? We have to be. Therefore, we who belong to God, pay attention to the Scriptures and correct our way of life if needed. If a Scripture shows us we're thinking the wrong way about something, that gives us an opportunity to correct our way before the judgment seat of Christ. The book of Proverbs is filled with wisdom. You are going to need this and I'm going to need this as the time progresses for it will get worse and worse. Haven't we seen it get worse and worse? Was it this bad 10 years ago where they're trying to take the word gender off of birth certificates? I mean, this shows you how absolutely horrible the time is that we live in now and how it will get worse. And in Second Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul says, In the last days, perilous times will come. And he said evil men and worses will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And he tells what people will be like in the last days. We'll look at that section of scripture. Turn with me to Second Timothy chapter 3. Paul says, starting at verse 1, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection. Homosexuals, lesbians, and I saw something else the other day. Abortionists, the ones who have abortion. It's unnatural to kill your child. A natural affection. Those women who have abortions. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, fierce. I know you won't object to the word fierce because we've seen people take guns and go into elementary schools and kill children. How much more fierce can you be than that? despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. Some of them even go to church. I know homosexuals and lesbians who go to church. I have given these scriptures to them on the subject, but after I give the scriptures to them, I don't go to barbecues with them. They don't invite me to dinners. Some of them have a form of godliness. But denying the power thereof, from such, turn away. doesn't say to stand there and debate them and argue with them. I give them the scripture and leave them alone. But I don't hate them. No, I would like them to repent and be saved. I would like them to see the truth of the word of God and repent and be saved. And I'm always hoping God will open their eyes to the scripture that I give them and save them. But I don't go near them. If I saw them in the street, I'd wave to them. But I wouldn't go up, probably, and talk to them. They know where I stand. They know I'm living by these scriptures, and they know the scripture because I've shown them the scripture. If any of them repent, they'll come to me. My cousin told me this story. At that time, she lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and one of her neighbors invited her to a cookout. And Donna Faye said, I was so embarrassed. I got to the cookout, and it was a wedding, and I had dressed in blue jeans and a plaid shirt. She said, I was so embarrassed, and I said, well, I wouldn't be embarrassed. I would have fled when I saw it was a wedding between the two men who lived at that house. There is no way that I would have approved them by sitting down at that situation. But then Donna Faye didn't know scripture, and I do. Flee them. Just give them the word of God and flee. Leave them alone. Titus chapter 3, after the first and second admonition Leave them alone, it says, knowing that they are heretics and condemned of themselves. But you don't have to hate them. But you can't be with them at a dinner. When I lived in Lubbock, Texas, I went to a dinner at the museum at Texas Tech They had assigned seating. I went to the place assigned to me. There were about eight people at that table. It was a round table. And I was shocked because a man was sitting there wearing the largest cross that I have ever seen around his neck. It had to have been eight to ten inches long. And they had me assigned to sit next to him. I thought, oh, no. He began talking to everyone at the table and telling them this. He said, oh, we have such a problem at our church. Well, then all the people looked up at him going to hear what the problem was. So he had their attention. He said he was former pastor at Indiana Street Baptist Church. And he said, we have added on to the church many times and we can't get enough room for everyone who wants to come to church. When he quit speaking, I said, well, if you would teach what Jesus says in Matthew 5.32, you wouldn't have any trouble with seating because about half of the congregation would get up and leave you. And then I began quoting Matthew five thirty two. Jesus says to the men, "If any of you put away a faithful wife, you will cause her to commit adultery. If you put away a wife, saving for the cause of fornication, she will commit adultery if she remarries, and the man who marries her." A man who marries a divorced woman will commit adultery. I quoted that. Paraphrasing. His mouth fell open. But I said, if you speak that scripture, they'll leave you. And you won't have any trouble filling the auditorium. The man who divorces his wife for any reason, saving for her being unfaithful. If she's unfaithful, he could divorce her. He will be the cause of her adultery when she remarries because that divorced woman commits adultery when she remarries. There are several scriptures on that in the New Testament Bible. She shall be called an adulteress if she remarries after divorce. Speak those scriptures and they will leave you. Because they did that and they don't want to recognize their sin. One of our church members uh, was raised Baptist. She was 17 years old and married, had two children and divorced. Met a man she wanted to marry. And then she and this man went to a pastor of some church. And she told him, she said, I'm a divorced woman, can I remarry? And he said, well, my sister's divorced and remarried, of course you can. There's no problem with that. That Catholic Pope got on television and they asked him about homosexuals and lesbians, and he said, I don't see anything wrong about being homosexual or lesbian. And I screamed at the TV and said, what about the Bible? See, you have New Testament Bibles. You can check for yourself, look it up for yourself, and see what the Bible says. Some of those pastors and those Catholic people, they will tell you all manner of things. But the Bible is what we go by, the New Testament Bible. Well, there are many Proverbs that are wonderful and give us great wisdom from God, and we need to structure ourselves by these. All of this is wisdom from God given to Solomon. So let's read now the scripture in Proverbs chapter 8. Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of high places by the way in the places of the pass. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things, for my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness, There is nothing froward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understandeth and right to him that find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies. And all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Verse 13: The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign, and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness, In the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depths, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the foundations of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment when he appointed the foundations of the earth. Then I... I was with him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable parts of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Verse 32. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not blessed is the man that heareth me watching daily at my gates waiting at the post of my doors for whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favour of the lord but he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. That's the end of Proverb 8. Thank you for allowing me to share that with you.